HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company. Learn more at hotdishproductions.com. This week on Meet and 3, we dedicate our stories to elders, grandparents, and family members who came before us. Some people called on the phone. What time is your appointment? Mine's 2.45. Our friend, the dentist, he, he was 3.30. And it was like a social event. It's a small island. A lot of them I knew when I was a kid. So it was, you know, to really help them feel like they, they weren't alone. It's partly this communal nature of food and so it can operate as a bridge um, not just between neighbors and friends but also between the living and the dead listen to meet in three wherever you get your podcasts hi i'm mike schreiber welcome to the shameless chef a show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode focuses on meals we enjoy outdoors, whether on a hike, at a barbecue, or during a tailgate. As I think back on so many memories of Michael, more of them keep popping into my head. I remember Michael hurrying in the kitchen after a recording session one day, and he would often fix meals in the studio kitchen to take to friends, and on this day, he was finishing a picnic basket he was taking to meet some friends. He was just about out the door, and suddenly he rushed back and was panicked because he forgot the napkins. He was very finicky about napkins. They had to be cloth and colorful. He would always say, the meal is about color as much as food. And his napkins were always colorful. The picnic hamper has been an appurtenance since Victorian times when a picnic was nearly as elaborate as a meal indoors, requiring cutlery and china, napery and glassware packed into a hamper. Add a grassy lawn or a beach and you had dining al fresco. Today we save time. We do it with a cooler and a tailgate. 
This is the shameless chef. Let's head out. There's a lot to be said for lollygagging on a blanket under the trees and eating a picnic. Or make it a stretch of sand on a lake or an ocean. We all do it and enjoy it. But all year long, cold weather or no, we can still eat well away from home. Traditionally, it's the tailgate of a station wagon at a ball game, a horse show, or just out in the country. But you don't have to build a fire if you don't want to, although it can be pleasant in nippy weather. But if you're in the parking lot of a stadium, say, or out in a, for a car race or a, or a balloon meet, uh, a fire isn't practical. You don't necessarily need a station wagon either. A hatchback will do just as well, uh, or the hood of the car. Anyway, if the food's good and hearty, the drinks warm from the thermos, or warming from the nature of the drinks, your family and friends will find a way to eat it. My favorite hamper meal is this. Chicken breasts, barbecued or broiled with herbs, uh, chilled and wrapped in foil, uh, crudités, that is vegetables cut in finger-sized hunks, with a plastic container of a tangy dip, some breadsticks or French bread that's been buttered beforehand, uh, some boiled eggs, maybe. All this goes into the standard portable chiller, along with ice to keep things cold and the necessary mixing for drinks or uh, canned soft drinks. Include a thermos of some hot beverage, a bottle or so of wine if you wish. A dessert can be fresh fruit. The beauty of this menu is that it can all be eaten with the fingers and doesn't require even paper plates. Cleanup, therefore, is simple. Include, certainly, some good cloth napkins. Now, I've got the thing against paper napkins. Oh, yeah, maybe a, a package of mints. There are many variations on this menu. You can substitute sandwiches for the chicken, good, hearty sandwiches on hard, crusty rolls. The point is, the meal is easy to prepare, easy to transport, it doesn't require fire, and as I say, quick cleanup. Then back to the game, the race, the trip. This is Michael A. Davenport. You see, that wasn't shameless at all. Let's consider for a moment the great American scam, the barbecue. This is The Shameless Chef. Generally, I am of the opinion that barbecues are for Boy Scouts. Along with apple pie and motherhood, the great American way includes something, anything, done outdoors over charcoal. These days, the broiler, in the form of the time-honored Japanese hibachi, has even come indoors. I can't tell you how many bad meals I have been served under the delusion that it's charmingly charcoal. Are you with me? Barbecued cooking takes considerable skill and practice. It's not something that you just do because you've got a broiler. You wouldn't just do something on a kitchen range nor in a walk. You'd learn how and practice. Both practice and skill with coal cookery are readily available. Here are a couple of pointers. Learn by reading or asking how best to prepare the coals for cooking, how hot they should be, how red, how covered with ash, how close the meat should be for proper cooking. Learn how long it takes for different foods to cook properly. There's a vast difference between corn on the cob and spitted chicken, between frankfurters and filet mignon. Mind you, I don't claim to be the world's leading authority on good barbecues, but there are many who are. Some write books. I don't. Others teach classes. I don't. Still others are amateurs who will talk your arm and leg off telling you how not to do it. I do that. Listen and learn. In the meanwhile, don't invite me to your cookout. Some things are best left to professionals and Boy Scouts. Michael A. Davenport here. Klaheim.
We'll be right back after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company specializing in creative digital video, photography, and podcast production. From concept through post-production, Hot Dish creates and produces compelling food stories that ignite the chef in all. Hot Dish Productions has deep connections to award-winning and celebrity chefs and over 20 years' experience. Their team has won both a James Beard Award and an IACP Award for their work in food media. Hot Dish Productions delivers the highest quality product at a fair value. Let them help tell your culinary story today. Explore their work and learn more at hotdishproductions.com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. The term freeze-dry as applied to food is becoming more and more popular, like, like in coffee. I don't begin to understand how the process takes place, and I don't think I want to, but does it ever work? If you associate freeze-dry food with something the Army provides, you're in for a surprise. This is The Shameless Chef. I've discovered a way to carry a kitchen on your back. You may not be a, a mountain climber or a backpacker or an ardent long-range camper, or you may be all of those. But if you are, you're probably familiar with freeze-dried food. Uh, not just little nibbles to tide you over, but full-fledged, full-blown, full-course uh, foods. Meats, vegetables, fruits, soup, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all packed and compressed in a packet no bigger than your pocket. I discovered a particular brand called Mountain House. I'm sure there are other brands in my local sports equipment shop recently, and I tried out these handy-dandy foods on a recent, uh, oh, mildly muscular outdoor trek. Would you believe I had beef stroganoff for lunch one day? Savory, delicious, replete with noodles and the little of sour cream? I, I did. And pears for dessert, both dehydrated. The stroganoff I made by adding boiling water and waiting five minutes. And of course, cold water for the freeze-dried pears. Now, mind you, I didn't have crisp napery and fine china or crystal for my al fresco meal, but the food was nearly as good as anything I would have done at home. I, I say nearly very carefully, please, because gourmet food this ain't, uh, depending on your personal definition of the word, but the stroganoff was good. What's more, I could have chosen others with a slightly international flavor. There was spaghetti with meat sauce. A beef chop suey, a lasagna, the list of packable foods, but it reads like the menu at most better-than-average restaurants. Ever think the day would come when you could eat a shrimp cocktail on the beach, right out of a pouch, or a Mexican omelet under a mesquite bush? Well, the time is now. <laughs> you can probably find such mountain food, uh, not in your food emporium, but probably in the sports shop where you want to buy oh, hiking and mountain equipment. Write me here at the station if you want more particulars. More than just for hiking and camping, these freeze-dries food would be, would be handy on, oh, say, long auto trips or tucked away in weekend cabins and boats. This is Michael A. Davenport, the shameless chef. Is there anybody who still has a bomb shelter in their backyard? Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. 
The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.